What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. We are going to be talking about the NFL draft, the recap of what happened and and what matters in the context of the Big Ten. Make sure to like, follow, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review. Send me an email, Talk at gmail.com. Make sure to get connected and send me feedback, send me love. We're going to get going here. I said on the pre-draft podcast that this could be a showcase for the Big Ten. It did not disappoint. It did not disappoint. Out of all the conferences, only one conference surpassed the Big Ten in overall draft picks. Only one. And no one is surprised to, to hear that it's the SEC, the vaunted SEC, with 62 picks. But close behind, the Big Ten had 55 picks, which is, I think, really significant. There were only seven picks behind the SEC, and that I think it's the most they've had in probably, I think, over 20 years. But the thing that I think was even more impressive was where those draft picks were. So over the over time, over the draft, the Big Ten, I wouldn't say faded a bit, but they they cooled off. But in round one, they tied the SEC with the most picks with nine. And in round two, they led all teams or all conferences, rather, with 11 picks. So in the first two rounds, the first 63 picks, the Big Ten had a third of all the picks. And I think what's, I think what's also significant is that they were really spread throughout. Ten different Big Ten schools had at least one player go, go in the first two rounds. That's that's actually pretty insane if you think about it. So if you go through it, Penn State had they didn't have anyone in the first round, although to be fair, if Miami hadn't lost a pick in the first round, the the 32nd pick of the NFL draft was Joey Porter Jr. So technically He's a second-round pick, but if it were a normal draft, he would have been the last pick of the first round. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. went uh, first overall, or first in the second round. Um, but Penn State had three three guys in round two go off the board. Uh, Wisconsin had a couple guys go off the board in round two. Joe Tipman, uh, Keanu Benton, uh center and defensive tackle for those teams. Minnesota had John Michael Schmitz, who I think is a just dynamite center 
He went out. He went in round two. And Michigan had a couple of guys go in round two. Luke Schoonmaker, DJ Turner. You know, so a lot of a lot of good players that went off the board. Jaden Reed, uh, I thought went a little higher than I expected, but he, you know, he was in the middle of the second round. He went to the Green Bay Packers. And then you go you go round one. I mean, you want to talk about the Big Ten having a night. You know, that you had Mozzie Smith. I thought Mozzie Smith probably went a little higher than he should have as well. Uh, to the Cowboys at 27. Deontay Banks, corner out of Maryland, went 25th overall to the Giants. Jackson Smith and Jigba, the first receiver taken in the draft, went number 20, which honestly I thought was low for him. But he went number 20 overall. Jack Campbell, who I thought went way higher than expected, but he went 18th to the Lions. Uh, Lucas Van Ness, who everybody was high on, he went to the Packers at 13. Northwestern uh, offensive tackle Peter, Peter Skaronsky went 11. And then here's the crazy thing. Three Big Ten players in the top six picks. Paris Johnson at six. Devin Witherspoon at five. C.J. Stroud at two. Trust me, you'll you'll get to hear my thoughts about C.J. going number two. You can't not hear me go off on or be elated that Stroud went to after all the complaining I've done on this podcast. But that's a heck of a showing. And you want to just talk about just individual teams, right? Like Illinois had a player go in each of the top three rounds. If you told me that they would have three picks in the top three rounds, and none of them were Chase Brown, I would have called you crazy last year. You know, a year ago, that is. But, I mean, they—I mean, you saw their secondary was legit, right? And we, we saw it earlier in the season, and now we see it in the draft. It, it played out. Sidney Brown going in the second round at, uh, at safety. I'm loving me some Brett Bielema right now. Brett Bielema is just... His development in two years at Illinois, because they didn't have a lot of guys. They didn't have a lot of recruits. So they're developing players. Uh, you know, I think they're probably going to take a couple steps back with all the talent they lost. But, man, I, I love what Brett Bielema is doing at Illinois. Uh, I thought, you know, I just – the fact that every team in the Big Ten – with the exception of one, Indiana, but every team in the Big Ten had somebody go, uh, had somebody drafted. I mean, it's just I think a great, great showcase for the Big Ten. So uh, I, I'll talk about winners and losers here in a minute, but I think the biggest winner, or at least one of the biggest winners, is the Big Ten. Like, the Big Ten just knocked out of the park. And, uh, you know, Doug Maurice said this on, on uh, Buckeye Talk, and I, I, I agree with him. The fact that, like, the Big Ten Network and the Big Ten Conference aren't coming out and, like, bragging about this is kind of weird. Because, like, it, they didn't just have 55 draft picks. That that alone is great. But they, they had 20 in the first two rounds. They had 25 in the first three. 
I mean, that's that's a significant uh, portion of of your players going the first three rounds. I mean, you want to talk about bragging rights? Like this is a big deal, and it, it's you know you had all these teams, and it's not just that they had a couple of draft picks. You know, Michigan had nine. Ohio State and Penn State had six. Maryland had five. Purdue had five. Northwestern, who didn't win a game in America, had four. You know, Michigan State, who struggled, they had three. Minnesota had three. Wisconsin had three. You know, like, the the talent was really spread around. Now, the premier talent was at a, a few schools. But listen... Like Illinois had a top five pick. Iowa had two top 20 picks. You just saw that the talent throughout um, throughout the conference was was significant. And just to, just for context, the SEC had 62. The Big Ten had 55. The next best conference was the ACC at 32. The Big 12 at 30, the Pac-12 at 27. So just before people are like, oh, well, I'm sure the ACC had a lot. Now, I'm sure that the Big 12 had a lot. The drop-off between the SEC and the Big 10, just absolutely significant. And comparing the, the elite talent in round rounds one and two between the SEC and the Big 10, the Big 10 won. So I, I've said for... A long time, or the past several years, the Big Ten easily is the second best conference, and I think is catching up to the SEC. I I think we are seeing that, and I think we're seeing that we're seeing that in the games too. I think that's one of my biggest takeaways, is you know for the longest time, I think at the beginning of the Urban Meyer era, particularly, Ohio State was really unchallenged. Like yes, Michigan State won a couple times. But really, if you look at Ohio, if you looked at Ohio State, they were easily the superior team. It is not a one-team conference anymore, and quite honestly, it's not a three-team conference either. You know, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Yes, they own all the Big Ten championship games. I I get that, and I'll concede that. But you're seeing Maryland start to have more talent. Purdue, uh, Illinois, Iowa. I think Michigan State's starting to drop off a bit, but like you've got teams who have guys who will make you pay. And, you know, if I'm Ohio State, I'm particularly looking at Michigan and Penn State, but I'm looking around the rest of the conference, I'm thinking, yeah, it was a struggle to beat Maryland last year. It was a struggle to beat Northwestern. The weather had a lot to do with that, but it was a struggle to beat Northwestern. And, and, this is not to say that like Northwestern is going to beat Ohio State anytime soon or that Northwestern could win a Big Ten championship game. That's not my point. My point is the Big Ten is starting to become a league where you can't take a weekend for granted. You, you can't because they actually there's actually enough talent to make you pay. And we've seen that like, you know, you look at Purdue – like, you know, last year Purdue was in the Big Ten Championship game. I know they got smoked by Michigan. But, you know, even two years ago, they had David Bell. They had George Karloftis. Now they, you know, they had a lot of guys go go this year. 
you're starting to see the mid, bottom, and middle of the Big Ten really raise their game. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get to the Big Ten championship game. It's not, it doesn't mean any of that necessarily. What it does mean is that every week, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, it, it's not a walk in the park anymore. And yes, I, I think particularly Ohio State, although I think Penn State might have something to say about this next year, Ohio State has the talent to make you look awful, right? You've got Travion Henderson. You've got Marvin Harrison. You've got Emeka Abuka. You've got all these fast guys who can, you know, they can put 28 on you quick. But this is, I mean, this is a, a significant development. And it's been coming. It's been coming. I, I've said it for a while. Now, let, let me talk about winners and losers here. Um, and I, I cannot, I cannot s- start without talking about CJ Stroud. I have been on the record saying that CJ easily is one of the top two quarterbacks. I would have picked him number one. I think Bryce Young, though, is also just incredibly good. So, I, you know, no problem with Bryce going one. But with everything being said about CJ going into the draft, and for him to go number two, I just thought was, I just thought was really, really exciting. I, I really was grateful that he went. I think the Texans had themselves a draft. Like I just thought the Texans drafted super well, both in terms of value, but also in terms of uh, just they got playmakers, and I thought they drafted. They just drafted smart. They drafted smart for CJ. They drafted smart for their team needs. You know, so they get CJ and then they trade up to go and get Will Anderson. They got a center in Juice Scruggs who fits their scheme well. They got a, a dynamic receiver in Tank Dell, Nathaniel Dell, uh, goes by Tank from Houston. Um, they got Henry Tooto from Alabama, which I was honestly shocked that he fell all the way to the fifth round. Again, a great value. Um, Xavier Hutchinson in the sixth, who I think is an underrated receiver out of Iowa State. Uh, I thought the Texans, man, I thought they killed it. I thought they killed the draft. Um, I think got my favorite quarterback of the draft. They got probably the the safest defensive pick and maybe the most explosive defensive pick and Will Anderson. I know uh, the kid out of Texas Tech, a lot of people liked him. A lot of people like Lucas Van Ness. A lot of people like Jalen Carter. We'll talk about Jalen Carter in a minute. But man, you get CJ and Will in the same draft, two of the top four players, two or two top four or top five players in this draft. Whew. Man, that's that's just great. Great drafting. Um, speaking speaking of winners, by the way, before I get to that, understand the Big Ten had the number two quarterback in the draft, the number one corner in the draft, the number one offensive tackle in the draft. They had the number one wide receiver in the draft. I mean, it's just crazy. Good, just good all around. Um, a lot, A lot of wins for the Big Ten. But anyway... Talking about winners, CJ and Houston, I thought 
you know, really won the draft. I, I think another team that goes without question that won is the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles, we might as well just call them the the, the Philadelphia Bulldogs at this point because they're just taking Georgia players. But what's insane, I don't know how, they, they've done this the past two drafts. Their defense, like they're going to win a Super Bowl. Like in the next two years. They're, I don't know who's going to score on them. You get Jalen Carter, who who they trade up one spot to nine to get Jalen Carter, which was a great move because the Bears could have easily taken him there, and they're like, hey, we're going to take him. We'll give you more picks. Um, so Jalen Carter falls to them at nine, and then Nolan Smith, who really good player, fell probably because of injury concerns, he he was projected to be a top 15 pick. He goes 31. I just, I mean, that's just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. He he goes at, to the, sorry, 30. 30 overall. Would have been the 31st pick, but everything weird with Miami. Um, but he goes, he goes 30th. It's another bulldog. And then at the top of the third round, they get Tyler Steen out of Alabama, who's a really good offensive tackle. They get Sidney Brown out of Illinois, who's in the third round, not second round. Sorry about that. And then who falls to them in the fourth round? Keely Ringo, who some mocked to the Eagles in round one. I mean, this is... You want to talk about guys who win the draft? This is winning the draft. Like, this is winning the draft. You get all these guys. Oh, and they got, in, uh, in the seventh round, they got uh, Moro Ojomo from, or Ojamo from Texas, who was projected to be around a fourth round pick. They got him in the seventh. Like, at the end of the seventh. Like, almost Mr. Irrelevant. What the heck? Like, my gosh. The Eagles killed it. The Eagles were incredible. And, and, you know, I I recognize I am recording this in the heart of Pennsylvania, so I can't not stop at Philly because the Steelers also had a great draft. The Steelers had a great draft. Broderick Jones, really good offensive tackle. Um, You know, there there were four offensive tackles that I didn't think you could go wrong. And then they get Joey Porter, who I thought I thought arguably could have been a top two corner, top three corner. Um, he goes at the top of the second round of the Steelers. Great story. You know, his dad obviously played for the Steelers. Um, long, uh, lengthy corner who, who gets his hands on everything. Keanu Benton from Wisconsin goes in... Uh, at the middle of round two, Darnell Washington, they get out of Georgia. Oh, what a what a pick. What a pick. Fringe first round pick. And they got him at the end of round three. Nick Herbig, uh, I think a, a good player, a solid linebacker for them. They'll probably turn him into a perennial pro bowler because it's the Steelers and they, they know what they're doing on defense. And then they get Corey Trice, who is another long corner, 6'3", 
They get, he was projected to be a third or fourth round pick. They get him in the seventh round. Uh, just, again, great, great drafting. Um, and then they rounded out with a, a, you know, a pick out of Maryland and Spencer Anderson, who is a, you know, good, a good guard. He, he probably is a backup in the league. But, again, just great, great drafting. Just great drafting. A couple other winners. Uh, you know, as much as I would have liked to see Jackson Smith and Jigba go higher, he gets to work the slot with Tyler Lockett on one side and DK Metcalf on the other. I mean, hello, thousand yards. I mean, that's a thousand yard season waiting to happen. Like nobody's gonna cover. Nobody's gonna be able to cover him. I mean, it just just absurd, Abs- just absurd. The position that he's in. Um, so I thought he was a winner. Uh, let me let me go to teams I thought uh, – teams and people who I thought uh, didn't win. Um, you know, obviously Will Levis. You know, I, I've been on the pod saying I, I can't fathom how Will Levis could be above CJ. That There was never – I was never frustrated about the player. I, I hated the hype because he got so much smoke blown up, blown up his way. But him being, you know, Mel Kiper had him the number two quarterback in in the draft. Which, quite honestly, I think Mel Kiper, it, it's it's about time for him to hang it up. Um, I just didn't understand most most of his projections. I think he got one pick right out of his entire mock draft. Which is the worst out of all mock drafters. So I I did not understand it. I didn't understand all the hype behind it. Um, but what stinks is that, you know, you start seeing that, oh, you're probably going to go in the first round. You're probably going to go to the top 10. And then you just sit there for hours and then you don't get picked. And so, I, you know, I think he landed in a good situation, right? He, he's with Tennessee – um, you know, he's got good infrastructure there, good coaching. So I think Will Levis actually probably landed in the best spot out of all the top quarterbacks, right? Because the Titans have, um, they drafted a premier tackle, uh, and Peter Skronsky, um, you know, Mike Vrabel has a, a really good team and now it's just, bringing Will Levis along. Ryan Tannehill obviously still there. Malik Willis uh probably is on his way out based off of, of reports. Um so I you know I feel bad for the kid, but I, I would say even though he landed in the best spot for him, at least on this weekend, I thought he you know he lost in a sense. But the the consolation is he's probably in the best spot. So, um, yeah, I feel bad for Will Levis. Uh, Dallas, and this is somewhat me take, this is, I'm not trying to take a shot at Michigan here because I thought, I think the players themselves are really good. I, I just thought they reached a bit like Mozzie Smith. You probably could have got, in the second round, or you, you may have been able to get a better player there. 
Um, I think he's good. I just don't know if he's, you know, I, I think they, they reached a bit for him. And I thought that was true of Luke Schoonmaker too. Like, yeah, like, I guess you can justify a second round pick, especially with, you know, Dalton Schultz moving on. I'm just not sure it was the best pick. And quite honestly, I felt like with most picks, I felt like, huh, they're reaching for this guy. Like they took Vilami Fajoko from San Jose State in the fourth round. And I'm like, ah, that feels like a reach. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, you know, I think that's a good change of pace back in the sixth round. I thought it was a good pick. Um, But yeah, I just, I didn't feel like they drafted... I felt like their value, they didn't get a lot of value. Um, that you know, they, they had a lot of guys, they picked a lot of guys, which quite honestly, I'm like, I think you could have waited till the end of the draft and picked them up as undrafted free agents. Um, now it we'll see how it plays out. I just I thought they reached almost every pick for them was a reach. Um, and then I, the, the last team I'll say that I thought lost was Detroit. Um, you know, I I think Jameer Gibbs is a is a really good player. I think he's gonna be really good in the NFL. To trade up to get uh to get Jameer felt it, it just didn't feel I don't know. It, it it felt like they really climbed the ladder too high for him, especially because they could have stayed stood pat. And got him at 18. And then they probably could have got Jack Campbell in the second round. Um, now, I will say, I, I think the picks themselves are good, right? You know, and they, they and they filled a lot of needs. So they got Sam Laporta. They got a running back. And, they, you know, they had traded away DeAndre Swift to the Eagles. So... In some ways, it's a good draft in terms of filling needs. I just didn't like the value. You know, they 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 reached for their top two players. Um, I will say, I you know, getting Brian Branch, who fell to them in the second, really, really good. Um, they do get Hendon Hooker in the third round. That was really good. So it, it's, I think the Lions were a bit of a mixed bag for me. Um, I know there are some people who love the Lions draft. I just, man, I, I don't know how, I think Gibbs and Campbell really soured the draft for me. That being said, the fact that they got Laporta and Brian Branch in the second round, I think that does cure a lot of ills, from, uh, cure a lot of ills as well. Um, all in all, I thought it was a really good draft for a lot of teams. Um I think it, it was I thought a a quality draft and I thought that just I thought for the Big 10 it, it's it's a huge step forward. And so and I think there's a lot of there's some elite players in next year's draft too. And so I think we're going to continue to see kind of the ascension of not just Ohio State, not just um, Penn State one year. I think we're going to continue to see uh, 
different teams do really well in the draft. I, I think what's what's striking to me is there were a lot of players in the Big Ten who I thought would get drafted that didn't. Um, Ronnie Hickman out of Ohio State. I don't think Dante Demas got picked out of Maryland, which I was really surprised by. Um, you know, and then there are other players that, that fell that I was very surprised by. Parker Washington went in the sixth. I thought Parker Washington was easily a day two pick. But he, he didn't go till day day three. Luke Whipler and Dewan Jones uh, fell quite a bit. So it, it's a bit of a, you know, there, there are a lot of players who fell and, and, we, and the Big Ten still had a great draft. So I think it bodes well for the future. Um, that'll do it for my NFL draft recap. Make sure, again, to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify. Leave a review. Again, this has been the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. Zach Guggenheim signing off. Take care. God bless. 